everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today. We have a very special interview for you. We're talking again with one of our Hallmark writers that we love talking with, uh, but this time we have a very, very special writer. This is the first time on the podcast, but we have uh, writer Andrea Canning here. She's also NBC Dateline correspondent. And Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Yes. Uh, so this was really interesting. We're looking through trying to, to find who we wanted to talk to this season. And I had, I had literally just watched your Dateline special, uh, one of the um, follow-ups that you had done. And, uh, and I, I was like, Andrea Canning, Andrea Canning, she's writes Hallmark movies. What? <laughs> and uh, anyway, and so we started to look into it and we're like, wow, this is so exciting. And uh, so, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, I'm a huge Hallmark fan too. So yeah, well, this one was so impressive looking over your, uh, your biography and just all that you have accomplished. It's really pretty remarkable uh you know you have your career in journalism you're writing these hallmark movies you have six children uh that is is really great i mean i i was talking with some of the other co-hosts i'm like wow this is like a superwoman she's so amazing (laughs) and so that's just incredible thank you thank you so much yeah. So how did you get started? Did you, did you originally have as your goal was to become a journalist or how did, how did that all happen? Yeah. Well, the journalism thing kind of came about, I would say in my early twenties, I was always interested in current events and things like that, but I, I thought I would go into advertising for some reason. And then, um, and then I, when I went to college, I realized that I really liked the TV side of it, of things. And then that kind of just led me in the journalism path. And then I got my first job, um, my first on-air job in Mississippi as a morning anchor. Yeah. So you, you started out as in, as an anchor and then you ended up at the covering the white house. Is that correct? Yeah, so I, I um, worked in local news um, from Mississippi to back to Canada, where I'm from, and then to West Palm Beach, and then Cincinnati, and then ended up in Washington, D.C., working for ABC News at the time, um, covering for all the affiliates. I covered the White House, Congress, any pretty much anything Washington. What is that like, covering, covering D.C. and that whole scene and everything like that? I mean, I know it's gotten exponentially harder the last few years but but back when you were doing what was that like I think it's changed a lot um yeah George W Bush was Uh in office um my first day on the job was his second inauguration um and so yeah it was like it was during during the Iraq war so we did a lot of coverage on that because that was at the time what everybody was talking about um and and I was there for two years so uh I hadn't ever I didn't get into the next um political season Mm -hmm. because I left so I I covered two years of of President Bush's term and and then went on to GMA so did you end up going over to Iraq to cover or were you always so here I I covered it from Washington yes okay my husband was over in Iraq that's how we met through a colleague. She was in Iraq and met him in Iraq and introduced us. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So when you're covering these really important current events and having these interviews, is there anything that ever really intimidated you? There are always certain 
interviews that will kind of get my, you know, heart beating a little faster. Um, you know, not that this is so Hallmark friendly, but if I interview a killer uh, for Dateline, yeah. um, or if I interview someone I, I think is really impressive, you know, that'll always get maybe intimidate me a little bit. Um, I did a, a kind of an infamous interview with Charlie Sheen uh, that was that one was kind of crazy and yeah. he was he was intimidating in his own way because yeah. he was you know a little bit off his rocker at that time mm -hmm. so um that was interesting so yeah it just kind of depends it depends if I'm starstruck or um or if I'm maybe almost afraid of the person <laughs> you know mm -hmm. there's a, there's different scenarios do you still get starstruck or are you just kind of like uh I'm used to it used to interviewing oh, all these people gosh. No, I totally get starstruck <laughs> all the time. I'm like, I'm always impressed by so many different people. Uh -huh. um, I got to meet uh, last Christmas, um, Kaylee Cuoco was uh, doing, filming her new show, um, uh, The Flight Attendant. And uh -huh. I went to the set in New York and she's a huge Dateline fan. Um, and we had become friends through our, a mutual friend who starred in one of my Lifetime movies, who's her Kaylee's best friend. Ashley Jones. And so we all now we're kind of all friends. And so when I went to see Kaylee on the set of the flight attendant, I was definitely, even though she was kind of a friend at that point, I was still really, yeah. and she was just couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, everybody I've interviewed is more uh, for, you know, Hallmark movies and everything's like that, but you definitely have uh, those moments where you're like, wow, I can't believe this is very surreal. I can't believe I'm <laughs> can't believe we're talking thought, well, to this person yeah, sometimes you feel like you know the people too because yeah you see them depending on where you're seeing them you may see them so much that you feel like that you're almost like friends with them mm -hmm. in some ways um like I have a friend who's on the Real Housewives of Orange County uh Kelly Dodd and I had met her and felt like because I've been watching those shows for years I yeah just feel like I already knew her <laughs> yeah so when you're doing a piece for Dateline and uh, how much of the research do you, you know, really get involved in uh, as, as the lead uh, reporter kind of on the case? Um, I definitely read up as much as I can. And the producer usually sends me um, all the information, newspaper articles, pre-interviews that they may have done, you know, to get more information, things like that. So it's kind of a team effort. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times I'll pitch stories as well. I just pitched one this morning that was bought. Oh, so. yeah. Um, yeah, so that that was one that just came on my radar that hadn't come on, you know, our story team's radar. So you know, you said, I, I was just watching the one about the realtor. Yes, the, the yeah, yes, that was the yeah. recap one. And yeah. uh, it did seem like you got really personally invested in that one as far as uh, just really feeling for the families and the friends yeah. and yeah. all that I mean, things her family was so sweet and her friends were so sweet. And, um, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's, it's a story of a realtor realtor who was lured to a house and is, is essentially trapped in that house, you know, by the, the perpetrator. Yeah. And I just can't imagine anything more scary than that, you know, going, just going to do your job and you think it's a legitimate sale and suddenly you're, you're so vulnerable in that house. And so, you know, I really just felt for her and all realtors after that, that their jobs are not always so easy. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, one, that one definitely struck me. And I, it just, just, sometimes you just fall in love with the families that you meet and you're, it's sad that you have to meet them for that reason, but they're just so wonderful. And I like that family, I still stay in touch with on Instagram and, you know, 
follow them and they'll send me little messages and just wonderful people. Yeah. Do they, is the main motivation for them telling their story is to try to help other like victims or what, you know, what is, what is it that you think that, that they want to you know, do one of these kind of investigations? Yeah. I mean, it's always amazing when people do tell their story because it is so hard mm-hmm. um, to do that because this is the most painful thing that has ever happened to them in their entire lives. Yeah. So to sit down and tell your story is not easy, but I think it's a combination. Um, I think it's to honor, you know, their loved one for one, because we, Dateline does a great job of that, of really, you know, handling, yeah. you know, the victim with such care and really just portraying them in, you know, such a positive light for all the wonderful things that they did in life, whether it was to be a great mom or they, you know, maybe they work for a charity or who knows what they did, but, you know, it's just to showcase all the wonderful things that they did do. Um, I think that's one reason. I think a lot of these families turn their grief into positive. So they start charitable foundations or in the realtor case, maybe they, which they did even in the realtor case, they started training for realtors um, or they want to warn other people, uh, maybe other realtors Mm -hmm. about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's also a cathartic experience for people. They always say that afterwards that it just feels good to let it out um, in that kind of way and sort of for other people to kind of see what they've been through. Um, You rarely find anyone that afterwards says, I wish I hadn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Usually they say, usually they thank you and they feel good about it. Yeah. Cause I think that's the difference between something like Dateline versus say something like snapped or something like that. That's oh, yeah. more yeah. sensationalist and out for kind of the tantalizing kind of a thing uh, that this is more about, it's more uh, of a journalistic enterprise as opposed to, you know, something sensationalist. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not, I would never say anything mm-hmm. bad about Snapped. You know, it is its own show. Right. It's very different from ours. Um, what I will say about our show is that there's just so much care and TLC, you know, that, that goes into each episode and the relationships that we form with the families and the long-term bonds. And, you know, we really want to know what they want to accomplish mm-hmm. by going on the show. You know, and, and it's, you ask the question, why do they do it? Well, that's the question I ask them. Mm-hmm. why are you doing this and that helps us understand like how can we make this a good experience for you yeah knowing what why you're doing it and what you hope to get out of it have you found something in the investigators that's kind of similar to all with all the investigators this sort of common through line or are they very unique um i'd say most of the investigators are just dogged you know mm-hmm. they just they will not give up and the just the time that they put into these cases and the clues that they uncover. And um, they have very, very good intuition and people, people skills where they just pick up immediately on if someone has like the wrong body language or they're saying the wrong things or, you know, cause they've seen so much of this that they know when something's up, their spidey sense is kind of tingling. Mm-hmm. And I think they all kind of have that in them that, that they, they can recognize when something isn't right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, and just, just the pursuit of justice. I mean, they're, they're amazing. Like, mm-hmm. and some of them, some of the cases go on. I did one uh, that this year that was 25 years mm. in the making and they just would not get, they kept passing the torch to like a new detective, a new DA, a new, and they finally solved it. Yeah. Those cold cases are my favorite. Uh, I, I, they're just aching to be like on cereal or some, some podcast like that, but it's so cool yeah. when they can finally put the pieces together because of DNA or, you know, whatever it might uh-huh. be, 
it's it's really yeah, exciting it's remarkable and I mean imagine like just not giving up mm -hmm. you know and some of these like I, I have one one of my stories that's airing actually on Friday um is the detective uh refused to retire until the case was solved and he he solved it mm -hmm. he did so, that's amazing oh, yeah he would not yeah. he like I he kept putting off his retirement putting it off because of this one case mm -hmm. well and sometimes they have the wrong person in jail which is very chilling oh that's when that horrible. happens horrible. yeah yeah that's... I mean you just you don't usually they get it right but mm -hmm. not always. Yeah. And it is very scary when an innocent person goes to prison. Mm -hmm. Very, very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. I, I, I think it's, it's, I have it on my DVR every week. I really do. So I really enjoy it. And yeah. And so somehow you have with all this, you have six children. That is yes. very impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So what's that like? I mean, such a, a big family and being a career woman and managing all of that. That's very, very cool. Very chaotic. This yeah. house. Um, right now it's all quiet, which is scary in itself. Like, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just craziness. And, you know, sometimes I love the craziness. Sometimes I don't love it so much. Um, depends on how I'm feeling, the time of the day, how long the craziness has been going on for. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, mommy does raise her voice from time to time because it's <laughs> a little too much. Um, but I love them. They're great. Yeah. And it's, it's look, there's nothing better in the world than having all these, these kids. And especially we got the boy. Yeah. Um, five girls and then a boy. Yeah. So he's just, he just adds a whole new dynamic to the family. Uh-huh. That's really funny. I'm from a family of six kids, oh, nice. but yeah, but in my family, there's a big age. There's, we kind of joke that you always burn the first batch because there's us three older kids and then there's three yeah. younger kids uh -huh. uh, with a big age gap. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's a little bit, a little bit different, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a kind of wild dynamic when you have one of these big families. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it, you definitely have to have the right temperament for it, which I don't mm -hmm. always have, but I, <laughs> nobody does, kids, I think. So have you had the kids home from school, homeschooling this year or? We have a mix. Yeah, we have a mix. So they go to okay. school two hours in the morning, the younger ones. And mm -hmm. then my oldest one um, goes two days a week, two full days a week. So, and her school got shut down for two weeks because we had, they had one COVID case. So they, Mm. just shut it down yeah. um so it's kind of a mix it's 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 frustrating you know it's hard there's a lot of like yeah. combination of like trying to make times on the internet and getting them to all their like just you know I set a million alarms every day you know to get on the right class at whatever time yeah I know I live by my calendar and my I don't even have six kids but my uh, my alarms and my calendar yeah is I, I, I didn't have my phone last year for like a week because I was getting repaired. I was getting a new one. It was the worst. <laughs> I, don't like, I can't do this. <laughs> so hard. Like I can't function, <laughs> but, but uh, you, you're able to do most of your work remotely. So maybe you're, you weren't as if, if impacted by quarantine as maybe other people were, yeah. but, but, but what was that whole experience like for you? Um, well, we've been doing, I've been doing kind of a mix of some in-person interviews. And then depending on the state where the mm -hmm. case is taking place, we will, we do remote interviews um, where we have 
similar backgrounds and then we marry the shots together mm-hmm. so the viewers at home not that we're trying to we're not trying to trick anyone mm-hmm. obviously we're just this is just how it has to be until things mm-hmm. get back to normal but it, it was a great way for us to um allow us to keep doing these interviews without being in person mm-hmm. um so they have a crew we have a crew and we put the shots together and it, it and we're doing a real interview like i'm i'm doing it actually over zoom um mm-hmm. but we each have a real crew with us Mm-hmm. So it's a professional looking dateline. Mm-hmm. It's sure. just, and I'm still interviewing them just over Zoom instead of like face to face. Yeah, that that's that's it's just incredible what we can do uh, yeah. Yeah. these it's days. Like, thank goodness because it's allowed us to keep doing the show. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't be able to keep like I don't know what we would do if we didn't have that option. Mm-hmm. They have a Dateline podcast, right, to go along with the episodes. I think. They do. We do show po- podcasts where they will like um, air the shows that have that have already aired, and then they do some special podcasts mm-hmm. that they do with the um, where they they just do more, mm-hmm. you know, they, and they have like a host and everything, and just mm-hmm. a little more. That's so cool. Yeah. Um. So you wrote your first thriller for uh, I think Lifetime. Yes. Uh, in 2016. And so were you just, were you just kind of wanting some es- sort of escapism after covering all these, these uh, investigations or how yeah. did that happen? I had just been a lifetime fan like forever. And uh-huh. so I travel all the time and I was like, well, you know, I could do that. Yeah. I, at least I thought I could. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so I called emailed a producer and he called me and said, well, if you have any ideas, let me know. And then it turned into a movie, which was my first, a, a, called A Daughter's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he really guided me, this producer, and helped me. And um, and then and then that turned into Hallmark, eventually, after I had done a bunch of Lifetime movies. Had you ever written before? I mean, had you? No, yeah. no. So <laughs> I didn't even know what software you were supposed to use. I didn't have a clue. I'd never written a screen direction in my life. Um, I, what I did was I just, I just, got some sample scripts and just bought the software and then saw how they did it and went from there. And I mean, I guess everyone's got to start somewhere. I, I suppose probably it's easier if you start maybe in college in a screenwriting class or something, but um, I never had that luxury. So I just, it was self-taught. That's really impressive. So you just figured it out. You found a yeah. way you wanted yeah. to do it. And I mean, copying, and I don't mean copying words. I mean, just sure. copying how other people do it is really the best way to learn if you're not in a class um you just look at the way people write scripts and then and you sort of follow it that way it's probably more helpful than taking a class to be honest i mean i get i mean the professors can be very helpful i'm sure but there's nothing like diving in and just going for it i think too true and also just having a love of the movies i think helps a lot too well and then me having kind of the thriller background um yeah is very obviously helps a lot too because I've seen a lot of clues in my day. So, because a lot of times in school you end up spending all this time on theory, whether whatever field it is you're going into, and which is totally not all that helpful <laughs> when it comes to a career. Yeah. And you, you know, as far as the nuts and bolts of getting it done, yeah. the theory doesn't help you that much. Well, even in journalism, like for me, the best thing is just to be on the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true for almost all the careers like uh, whether it's teaching or or uh, I don't know it just seems like almost anything you just have to kind of 
you know, learn as you go. Not that it's not helpful to gain an education. I'm not saying that, but, but there's, there's something about the school of hard knocks too. That's really important. Yeah. And just reps, just time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, just doing it every single day. I mean, you're hopefully you're going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that school helps you with sort of those like broader things of like learning how to, how to think analytically and, and, and using logic and, mm-hmm. and persuasive argument and stuff like that. It helps you more as yeah. opposed to like nuts and bolts. Here's how you do your job. Yeah. I for the totally most part. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you just figured it out. That's again, that's so impressive. I really, I think that's great. Uh, and uh and so then how did you end up writing Ruby Herring sort of transition from the thrillers to I'm going to be making a, a actual series? Well, I knew Hallmark did mysteries as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I reached out to Hallmark and pitched Ruby Herring, came up with, sat out on my back deck one day and went through a mil- million names of what it could be called <laughs> and Red Herring. I thought, oh, wow, we could make a, our, our lead Ruby Herring, um, give her some red hair and um so she she became you know our um tv reporter who happens to solve murders and paired her up with a very handsome detective uh and they they liked the idea so it was off to the races yeah well and we've had both taylor and steven on the podcast and we love them and uh, so was that kind of how you envisioned when you were writing it how you envisioned it turning out yeah, I mean, they've mm-hmm. just done such justice to the characters and um, Taylor and I have become really good friends through this. Uh-huh. I love her. She just uh, sent me a message the other day. She's like, come stay with us in, you know, out, out West. And I was like, oh my gosh, we would love that. Um, so just really good people. And I think they have a lot of chemistry and Steven is so cute. And like oh. the way that they, their, their relationship is just kind of funny. Yeah, he is one of the most handsome people I've ever seen in my life. Really? So handsome. And charming. <laughs> yes. And so nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, he's great. And, uh, and yeah, and it's fun. I feel like it helps with her being a reporter because it's just a natural uh, evolution of her character to be solving crimes as opposed to I'm a baker or morning show host, yeah, that, that's morning show baker. Yeah, when I pitched it, they said the same thing. <laughs> like some of the past ones, which can be fun too, to have this total fish out of water kind of thing. I get that. Yeah. But um, but uh, it, this sort of natural evolution, especially the fact that her father is an investigative journalist and yes. so has this kind of legacy is a fun yes. idea. Yes, definitely. And he's so great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you got to be a, a cameo as a re- anchor, right yep. in yep. the in Linda, the films the, yes linda the news anchor mm-hmm. so was that uh was that just natural for you or, or was trying to be an actor sort of a little bit unnerving a little bit nerve yeah, scary probably, i probably wasn't as genuine as i am like when i'm really doing the news uh-huh. um, i kept flubbing the lines like over and over again <laughs> which was ridiculous I, and i was so embarrassed i'm like i think it was like everyone watching like the crew <laughs> yeah that was, that was like, that was not fun. I'm like, I can't even do this. Like I, this is, I should be nailing this right now. So everyone was laughing. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I have no business being an actor, but you know, I think I pulled it off well enough, which it was yeah. such a stretch. I mean, look, pat yeah. on the back. I was able to play a news anchor. Wow. <laughs> 
it's a, re- it's a reach, but hey, you did a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like in I Love and and How I Met Your Mother when they're, uh, I can't even remember what they're pretending to kind of play a part or whatever in, in martial arts. And he's just like, what am I doing with my hands? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like flailing all around. Because <laughs> when you, it is, is, you can be doing the exact same activity, but the fact it's being filmed, it's like, yeah. ah. I know like if I was doing it live on TV I would just be myself and like I'd be you know (laughs) thinkers are just themselves but then suddenly when you're acting the the part it's just oh it takes on a kind of a weird feeling yeah I know when I've talked to uh some directors they've said that sometimes they have that problem with extras that it's like calm down just just be your normal (laughs) self yeah yeah a little too enthusiastic there yeah (laughs) that's funny uh, so now you've transitioned over into two rom-coms for Christmas mm-hmm. and I, I just wondering, is that, it seems like a totally different thing to be writing a rom-com versus a, a cozy mystery. So was that an interesting transition for you or was it pretty wow. seamless? Uh, it was challenging for sure. I yeah. mean, you know, like writing Homer, I always thought, I mean, letting you in on a secret, I always thought, oh looks like writing Hallmark movies would be easy. Mm-hmm. You know, That's what everyone thinks. Like it's, they're sort of all kind of have similar themes and whatnot. I'm like, no, it is not easy. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. And I don't even know how to explain why it isn't. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it took a while to, to get that, but like Hallmark was so patient with me, um, which I'm just so grateful to them for, for their patience um, and allowing me to like take the notes and run with the notes and then get more notes and, um, and not like replacing me, um, which they could easily could have done at any point, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And they let me, you know, they let me finish. Um, and it was such a great experience in the end, even though I was like pulling my hair out at times. Um, and it, a lot of it's like too, like, well, what's going to happen next? And then you're like, what, am, what do I write about now? And so you hit that wall. And sometimes I think in these movies and you're not sure, like, where's it going? Cause you got to fill an entire movie of two people mm-hmm. just like getting to know each other and talking and, you know, learning their innermost secrets and falling in love. And, you know, it's, and usually it's over yeah. a period of like two weeks. Yeah. And you have to work in the nine ad breaks and you have yeah. to get the timing. Just, I mean, it is not easy. And, and it's really interesting because when you, when you've seen as many as I have there, it's just so obvious that the hit, the hits and the misses mm-hmm. and, and to some people who don't watch for a minute, they're like, they're all the same what is going on? Yeah. But I'm like, no, they're not. Right. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, I think with, with USS Christmas, I was mm-hmm. struggling with that one a little bit because it's on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. And so, you know, we didn't want it to be too confined to the carrier. And so it had to be the right balance of finding time off the carrier and it's a cruise. So how do you get mm-hmm. off the carrier? So we had to, we put a stop in there mm-hmm. in New York city. Um, and then what I did was I added a mystery Mm-hmm. Um, which I touched on a little bit in the first draft. And then homework said, well, let's expand the mystery. Mm-hmm. So we, that's what we did. We, we expanded the mystery and it really helped the story. And it really helped. I think it'll help keep people interested throughout the entire movie. So how did you get this idea to begin with for USS Christmas? Um, so my husband is a, was a fighter pilot mm-hmm. um, in the Marine Corps. He flew F-18s and he did um, deployments on aircraft carriers and so I thought, well, Hallmark always does a mili- at least one military movie every mm-hmm. Christmas. So why not do one about fighter pilots? And, um, and they have these things called uh, tiger cruises on aircraft carriers for the Navy yeah. and the Marines. 
and you can go and stay with your loved one. Um, it could be a son, a daughter, a cousin, a parent. Um, and so you go, you go on the cruise for three days and they, they do them, some of them out of Norfolk. And then they do some, they'll, they'll go from Hawaii to San Diego and you get to stay in a real room on the ship and you, and they have all these activities and they do them sometimes at Christmas. And so I just thought like, what a fun, like what, a, what let's turn that into a Hallmark movie. Yeah. I'd never heard of that whole thing of a tiger cruise. That's really cool. Yeah. They've been around since the 1960s, mm -hmm. but I don't think that a lot of people, if you're not in the military, I don't yeah. think a lot of people know about them. So yeah. that was one of the challenges too. We didn't want to like hit people over the head with explaining what it is yeah. what we had to, just to make sure that nobody was like confused of why is she going on this ship? And, you know, so we, her sister, our lead sister is a fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. um, on the ship and so her and her mom are going to go on the Christmas tiger cruise and of course she meets a handsome fighter pilot while yeah. they're there so you were working on this and then COVID happened were you worried that uh, we're not going to have any new Christmas movies at all this year um, that all yeah, I didn't I guess no one really knew where it was going I was disappointed because we had the U.S. Navy on board we were going to shoot U.S.S. Christmas on an active um carrier and then COVID hit. So mm -hmm. then we, we did plan B where it's still on a carrier, but it's a, a carrier museum. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a real, it was once at one time, a real carrier. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So we, that was an example of COVID. I, and I told the producer, I was like, well, let's just shift gears. We can still do it because we could just do it on a museum, which is a real carrier. And then we can mm -hmm. use, you know, uh, stock footage and whatnot, you know, to make it look realistic. Um, so that was a, that was a COVID pivot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to keep the movie going. Cause the other conversation was, well, maybe we'll have to do it next year. Right. Who knows when that would have happened. Right. Because the Navy probably would have been extra sensitive and careful. And so it could have taken forever. Mm -hmm. So we just, so we decided let's just do that instead. Um, so yeah, I'm, boats I'm, a boat, right. Yeah, I'm so thrilled that they've been able to, sh to, to shoot so many. Um, and my other one Christmas, she wrote um, was not supposed to go until they decided next year um, because they were only doing so many. And then very last minute, because everything's so chaotic with everything, they're like, oh, it's a go. So the executive producer just had to scramble and, you know, do quick casting and get everything together. And so that one was, um, that one was shot in Victoria, British Columbia. Um, and it turned hey. out, I watched it, it turned out great. Oh yeah. You've seen it. Oh yeah. That, it's great. That's it's with so Dennis exciting. Rickler. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I just, you see everything else getting delayed in the world of media things. And the fact they pulled off 40 movies, it just, I can't even believe it. It's so, unbelievable. And, and they worked so tirelessly to get, to, to get it edited. And it's, oh, it's yeah. still has some finishing touches, but it's like, it's almost there and it looks great. Mm -hmm. Dylan Neal is in that one as well. Um, Were you so, so excited to have Jen Lilly be the oh lead? Oh my gosh, she's Oh. oh, I love her. And Trevor Donovan yeah. um, is so, I've discovered he's just a really nice guy mm -hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, they, and Barbara Niven. Um, oh yeah. So mm -hmm. she's really great. Jen Lilly is like, I'm, I'm so impressed also like one of her foster children, she just adopted yeah. like her heart. I'm like, you are yeah. a saint. I mean, the, what she does for the foster care system and getting the word out and um, what a wonderful human being. Yeah, she really, it's unbelievable. And so, uh, so with Christmas, she wrote, uh, so we were a little disappointed. We were hoping, oh, is this like going to be a mystery? Cause it sounds like, you know, murder <laughs> she wrote. Oh, right? I yeah, 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 no. Um, it's, but, uh, no but tell mystery. us, a, we don't really know as much about that one as USS Christmas. Uh, um, so maybe tell us a little bit about it. 
Christmas she wrote is about a, um, a columnist who writes a column called Your Best Self. And um, she is kind of running from her own past, but she helps other people with through her column. She's a former, she used to be a therapist and she got this job at a New York newspaper. Um, unfortunately, budget cuts come just before Christmas and she, her, they've decided, they decide to cancel her column. And so she goes home to her, her tiny town in um, Pineberry, California, Northern California, mm -hmm. um, to figure out what she's gonna do. And lo and behold, the readers are outraged because they loved her column so much that the big, big boss of the newspaper company tells her editor, get this woman back, get this columnist back. And she won't return his calls. And so he has to go out there to try to woo her back and win her back. Mm -hmm. And of course, in the process, they fall in love. But she so, has another suitor though. Her, her ex-fiance is trying to win her back as well. So there's a- Oh, oh. So how did you get the idea for this one? That one, I, I don't know. Yeah. That one kind of just- Just happened, huh? Happened. Yeah, there's no real inspiration. Like I've, I've never been fired right before Christmas or anything <laughs> that I can tell you. Um, it just, it just kind of popped into my head. Yeah. Then I have Danica McKellar. Hello. Wasn't that exciting? Yeah, she did such a great job um, mm -hmm. playing the role. Um, she plays the role of Kaylee. Mm -hmm. um so yeah she and then um dylan neal i named his character after my son trip so oh cute it's, yeah it's kaylee and trip and kaylee is my niece oh that's fun <laughs> yeah so they they i assume danica had to she had to quarantine for two weeks and she then did. was able to do the movie yep and there. she posted a lot of instagram pictures uh, of her quarantine yeah um, <laughs> then, you know, finally let out of like movie jail and they were able to go shoot and <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a little rough having to do the whole 14 days inside. That's a long time. It is a long time. And especially, you know, away from your, if you, if you had to quarantine all by yourself, like some of them did, some yeah. of them she were able to bring son. their families. Yeah. She brought her son and her mom. Oh, okay. That's from, good. From, from her Instagram, you know. Mm -hmm. it. So you didn't get to be on, did you get to be on set for any of these because of COVID? No. Oh, no because yeah, that's COVID, a bummer like it's just it is such a bummer they sh um uss christmas was shot in north carolina and south carolina and i know they were in their little bubble so you don't mm -hmm. go and you know pierce the bubble yeah uh, the outsider comes you know for a day or two it's not not cool right um, and then the other one in victoria british columbia just i'm canadian you know i could have i can always go to canada if i want but i'm not going to go pierce that you know covid mm -hmm. free bubble so it was kind of disappointing yeah, you don't have a, a very you don't have a Canadian a Canadian accent though. It kind of disappeared over the years. I yeah. think just naturally. I didn't really work at it. It just sort of went away. Yeah, I don't hear you say sorry at all. Yeah, well, and if you do say things the Canadian way enough times, it, and people comment all the time, so it gets on your nerves after a while. So you kind of like autocorrect because you're like, just if if one more person makes fun of the way I say pasta. <laughs> then, you know, I'm not going to yeah. say pasta anymore. I'm going to say pasta, or I'm going to yeah. say sorry. <laughs> oh, we 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 love in the in these uh, Hallmark movies looking for the uh, for the Canadian oh, the Canadian the Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, probably, the, I'm so sorry. I think, I think there's more Canadians working this year because yeah. many of these movies are you know they need Canadian actors because they're already in Canada and they don't mm -hmm. you know, they can't be as choosy. Yeah. with bringing American actors up north as much during COVID. You know, yeah. if, if they do, it's a big deal, right? You know, yeah. they, 
they got to yeah if they do it's like with Lacey Chabert bring right. her up there make four movies literally right. she made four totally. movies since totally. July and so I think I think most of the actors are Canadian and then you've got your you know a couple big stars yeah well we like to end our interviews with just some fun silly questions for the holidays so here we go first question what is your favorite holiday drink oh I love eggnog mm. it's mm-hmm. so sinful yeah. Um, cause you know how many calories and like right. fat, like, so, so when you're drinking it, you're like, really enjoy this. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot in here. Yes. Okay. Next. What's your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Um, I probably, oh, you know what I love are those little, you know, those little crescents, like with the, the confection. Oh, sugar on yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Those are so good. My aunt used to bake those and she'd bring over like a huge tin of them. I don't mm-hmm. eat them enough, but like, I, th- I always think of like my childhood with those at Christmas time, the little crescents. I love those, those are good. Yeah. Especially if you dip them in chocolate. Oh, oh yes. When yeah. you, or like the half chocolate, half mm-hmm. not like, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Yeah. She yep. used to do that too. She used to put chocolate on some of them. That's so good. Okay. Do you have a favorite Christmas song or Carol? Oh, I do. I'm just trying to think of, um, um, I love Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Mm, my favorite too. That's my favorite secular. It's really, that's a, that always makes me really happy whenever mm-hmm. I hear that song. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite classic Christmas movie? Uh, probably Vacation. Mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation. I mean, I have, to, I watch that every year. It never gets old. Mm-hmm. It really puts me in the mood for the season. Yeah, that's a really good one. My grandma loved that one. And she would she would laugh so hard when the squirrel comes out of the tree that she, she oh, would yeah. be close to tears. She would be laughing so hard. Oh my God. Yeah. We, have, we have a squirrel here who has take, adopted us as its family. Oh, no. I wouldn't be surprised if it tries to like, it always tries to come inside. And so I would not be surprised if one day a squirrel jumped out of our Christmas tree. Because yeah. we've named it Peanut. And yeah is here every day and we I probably wouldn't say this because people will be like why are you doing that but we've started like feeding peanut <laughs> it'll go on the cycle to just come back every yeah. single day yeah. so yeah I'm sure people will be like don't feed squirrels well it's a little late now <laughs> doing that so we've kind of adopted them as our pet yeah it's like with raccoons do never feed a raccoon no, ever too much I couldn't do yeah that. <laughs> Um, that's funny yeah uh the other part i love in that movie is when they start when when they say she says the pledge of allegiance for grace oh yeah yeah that's like yes everyone has crazy relatives that aren't quite with it we used to joke with my grandma about that grace grace they want you to say grace that's every, really funny that, there's nothing bad in that movie every mm. it just every single scene is amazing yeah i can do without the the big the uh swimsuit scene but other than that it's hilarious um I interviewed randy quaid in canada yeah. long, like probably about 10 10 15 years ago now uh-huh yeah, yeah he it's lives a, up right now with his wife it's a really it's a really funny movie uh so uh do you have a favorite holiday tradition that you do every year oh probably um I mean, it's not an exciting tradition, but I would say we Thanksgiving weekend is always mm. when we get our tree. Nice. So I, I just want it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I think the season's so short. I know. 
or actually decorating earlier this year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. I think we're all home. I think we need some cheer, some joy. And so I'm noticing that people are starting to um, decorate their houses a little sooner. I'm noticing lights going up in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Maybe this will be like going forward. We'll just start earlier every year. I think the lights are going to be, not that they're never like not a big thing, but I think this year, especially they're going to be huge because it's so socially distanced. People can, yeah, you know, yeah. go and watch the lights and stuff it's like that. Great, it's a great way to, for people, yeah, to come together without mm-hmm. having to be super close to each other. Yeah. I mean, this is the hard part of having a live tree, though, is that keeping it alive for the whole so, month of December is, is challenging. That's true. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, so we'll good job. Thanksgiving weekend it always lasts until Christmas. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Well, what's your favorite, Scrooge or the Grinch? I have a daughter who's really, really afraid of the Grinch. Uh (laughs) Really, really, really. She, she doesn't do well. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, So what do you like better? Clear lights or colored? I, I think for me, I like clear, but I think when I'm in the neighborhood and stuff, I like Mm -hmm. color. Because okay. I like the way different different ways people mm-hmm. like what they do with their lights. Yeah. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Oh, build a snowman. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Um, good gift wrapper when I want to be. Okay. <laughs> uh, the problem is if you look at, at all six kids and then you realize yeah. how much work you have to do, it starts getting sloppier and sloppier <laughs> as yeah. the gift wrapping goes on. And you're like, I'm never going to finish this. And then I it's know. just people that they they literally have just like bags that every year they just they just stick the presents yeah. it's so hard I for birthdays i just stick them in the mm-hmm. bags and i keep all the bags in the closet but yeah. for christmas because the problem is is that i i tend to get things done early and so i don't want them all in bags i want them wrapped so they can't open them and then i can kind of put them anywhere and it doesn't matter because they won't know what's in it but if i mm-hmm. put it in a bag they my kids are very sneaky and they could peek in there. Right. Yeah. So I can't do bags at Christmas. Only birthday. <laughs> yeah. I know. We would always try to hunt down, find the closet where my where my parents were hiding all the presents. That was always yeah. the goal, the dream. Yep. My yeah. kids, same thing. <laughs> yeah. And you have six of them all trying to find. That's got to be a challenge. Oh, yeah. They're very nosy. <laughs> yeah. And like so when you Amazon storm at the in-laws house, right? Yeah, we have Amazon starting to show up a little more often right now. <laughs> I have done all the Christmas shopping. Yeah. So um, it's been hard trying to fend off the kids and make sure they don't open the boxes and things like that. So, yeah. Well, last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I don't actually mm. have one. Yeah. Um, no. You're like, I've all never- my sweaters are attractive. Was- <laughs> yeah. I, like, I've never been invited to an. If I was invited to an ugly Christmas sweater party or something, I would get one. But I, mm-hmm. I haven't been invited to one i've never really found a need to buy one Mm -hmm. so well maybe next year you get invited to an ugly christmas sweater party one sure i'll come not in 2020 but (laughs) well very good you passed the test very exciting and thank thank you you so much for coming and talking with us this was fascinating i love talking with you and uh, I don't know, do you have any social media or anything like that that you want to share? Um, yeah, I have uh, Andrea Canning on Instagram. Okay, great. 
yeah. I will put a link for that in the description and hope you have well, good luck with the movies and hope you have a great Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to yeah. you everybody. I'm so excited for Christmas to come and it's extra <laughs> special this year with these two Hallmark movies. I know. Yes. Merry Christmas. And again, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. This was a lot of fun to talk with you. Okay. Bye, bye everyone. I'd like to thank Andrea for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk with her. It was a real honor for me. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. And uh, please follow the podcast, The Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. I And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really need it right now. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give a thumbs up to this video and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And if uh, you could check out our Patreon, we really, really appreciate it. We need that support right now, now more than ever to cover all these Hallmark movies during the holiday season. And then we also have our merch store, which has tons of festive designs. So please check that out. That information will be in the description section. So thank you so much to Andrea. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Merry Christmas.